This is Face the Music, an ELO song-by-song podcast. Episode 104, Epilogue. is the 13th track on time seventh song on side two in the liner notes from the 2001 remaster of time jeff lynn wrote a little reminder of what it's all about then a bit of backwards and that's how the album ends <laughs> i'm eric paul johnson and i'm eric winsenson i've said this word so many times during this album about so many of the songs on here but epilogue is cool this is so freaking cool i love it and not just the tune of it, which is borrows heavily from 21st Century Man, since it's pretty much a reprise. See, I like when albums do this. When they have something at the end that sort of wraps things up and provides some sort of callback to some of the tracks on the album. Makes it seem like it's more of a show instead of just, you know, here's our latest bucket of songs, have fun with it. I think the Nylon Curtain is the best Billy Joel album. And one of the little fun things about it is at the end of Where's the Orchestra, there's a sad little clarinet that plays a sad refrain from Allentown, which is the very first song on the album. This pulls from all sorts of things on this album. There's obviously 21st Century Man. To me, I always thought they were singing Twilight, the Jeff Lynne chorus there. We're singing... Apparently, according to everything I've seen, he's singing Time. But as far as I'm concerned, I I want it to be Twilight, because that's another callback to another song. And then there's all the sound effects from the prologue that's in there at the very end, which references back to the very beginning of the album. And then it does this really cool thing on top of all this other really cool stuff where that synthesizer just builds and builds and builds and builds and then stops. And that's it. The album's over. And when you have something at the end of the album that kind of does a callback to other songs, it makes me go over the album in my head again and make me think, well, now I want to listen to that all over again. Yeah, it's a good little ending to the album. I really don't have too much to say about it other than it's just 21st Century Man kind of remixed and with a part of the chorus and to end it. But the thing is, is that I think unlike Hold On Tight, which I still think is kind of not fit in with everything else there this kind of adds some finality to it and it's not a sad finality it's a uh it's a happy finality where he's he's starting to accept where he's going to be and starting to get on with his life rather than sitting there going my girlfriend my girlfriend (laughs) my girlfriend it's now well well 
It looks like this is going to be my life from now on, so I might as well get on with it and enjoy it. And it uh, kind of gives a little bit of a hint on that, even though it's not exactly the most understandable hint at the end there. Yeah, that part where Jeff says something and it's so buried under the mix that nobody's quite sure what he said. Even Jeff doesn't know. I've read things over the years where he's like, I, I don't remember at all. Listen up, people. Here's a snippet for Jill. To me, it's always sounded like then he arrives on this day forward and the world will still be with us. There are some that think it's let me rise from this day forward in a world of time. Others who say, let me rise from this day forward. I don't know what he says after that. I'm the latter. I hear let me rise from this day forward in a world and then it's just buried in there to where I can't understand what he's saying. I suggested chicken. (laughs) My theory being that the entire album is an advertisement for KFC, but... uh, You know, see, that's the thing about this album. Wait a minute, no! In a world of coffee. Oh, oh, hey. Yeah, he's encouraging you all to be coffee achievers. Now it all connects. Yes, in a world of coffee achievers Mm -hmm. is is what he's saying. That could very well be, since Jeff really left it open for what happened to this guy. Did he get back yeah. to 1981? Is he stuck in the future? It's, it's really hard to say. Uh, for me, I've never been able to say for sure. I'm leaning towards, yeah, he went back to 1981. But it's so hard to know. Even Jeff himself doesn't know, or he doesn't want to say because he wants people to use their brainers and thinkify. I prefer that he stays there in the future. A lot of time travel stuff that I read, it's usually best when they just stay there instead of some Hail Mary thing to get back. <laughs> just like when you realize that the time machine at Costco, <laughs> or whatever it is, is not really a time machine. Yeah. But just a thrill ride, and you're still stuck 500 years in the future, and you're the smartest man on Earth. So. Yeah, actually, this brought up something that was recently as recently as when I'm recording this on March 16th, brought up on Mission Log, a Star Trek Roddenberry podcast. I'm giving a a little plug to one of our listeners, John Champion, who co-hosts that show. They recently did the Deep Space Nine where the Ferengi and Odo accidentally go back to Roswell in 1947, and they explain the time travel as uh, Gamma Quadra Triticaline accidentally activated the Phlogsabinsavine that they were taken with them, and that shot them back in time. Now maybe if we can find a microwave to activate the Nakajis, and this will throw the <laughs> shuttle back to the exact spot where they left. Yeah, it's always some sort of nonsense. At least with Back to the Future, they didn't do that. They just said, it's a flux capacitor. It takes a lot of electricity. We're moving on with the series now. Uh, I thought you were going to say this is the episode of Deep Space Nine where Odo and Quark realized that despite what society said, that they were meant for each other. (laughs) And that they were going to defy the norms of the time and just let love take over. Can I tell you something? I I want you to stop talking right now. First of all, I never thought I'd have a reason for why René Abergenois would be dead. Because considering what CBS is doing with Star Trek, just any half-baked idea that somebody comes up with... I mean, I like Picard, but there's a cartoon series now that's done by Rick and Morty of Star Trek. Hey, we've got the sci-fi Star Trek, we've got the drama Star Trek, we've got the cartoon Star Trek. We don't have a sitcom Star Trek. 
get Eric Winsenson on the phone to extrapolate more from this idea because this is a wacky idea that we need to capitalize on. <laughs> Although Odo was a shapeshifter, they could hire somebody else to play Odo as... And he shaped himself as a kitchen sink or something. Uh, literally gender fluid because he's fluid. <laughs> yes, he is. So, <laughs> yes. But back to prologue and that buildup at the end. <laughs> to me, that always sounded like somebody's in a hover car and they're speeding up, speeding up, speeding up. And then they just slam into a brick wall and everything stops. Yeah. Or it could be the time transporter. And that's what it sounds like. It, it builds and builds and builds until it gets enough power to... <laughs> shoot you back into wherever you want to be shot to in time. Or just ends because that's the way life is, is that yeah. there's no solid ending to anything. There's no clean wrap-up. Yeah. You just know it's going to keep going. And he's going to be there, and he's going to live his life, and he's going to find love again. He's going to find a job. Mm-hmm. He's going to hate the job. <laughs> he's going to retire and maybe open up a farmer's market on <laughs> Mars and... Whatever's going to happen with him, it's going to happen, and there's not any just clean wrap-up there. Well, it's good that he'll have a good future in the future. Exactly. Yeah. Got something to say about epilogue? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. It's time for a great line from ELO from this week's song... What's my line? Time. 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 If you donate to the podcast through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash ELOPod, you can get bumper stickers, produce an episode, or for just $1 per episode, $4 a month, you can hear shows a week before they're released to the world. Or skip all that and just hand it over directly through PayPal using the email address ELOFTMpodcast at gmail.com. Well, hello, this is Troy with a thought from Troy. The epilogue for time. Am I the only one who thinks that the epilogue kind of leaves it up in the air as to whether the protagonist made it home or not? I mean, okay, here you have this fun, happy, caffeine-infused song. Hold on tight, and you're thinking, yeah, yeah, he made it home, or he woke up. And then you go back to the epilogue, and you have the melody from 21st Century Man coming in again, and just a few lyrics, and it seems to suggest that maybe he's going to be stuck in the future. I don't know. Wow. But you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. I think great art should be open to interpretation. And I'm glad Jeff didn't spoon-feed the ending of the story to anybody, leaving it up to the listener to decide for him or herself. And I think that's the way great science fiction should be. The more ambiguous a science fiction story is, especially in the ending, the more I love it. That's why I'm such a big fan of The Twilight Zone. Speaking of which, I'm going to take my leave of you all now, and I'm going to watch a Twilight Zone marathon, including my favorite episode, the one where Burgess Meredith 
He's the last man on earth after a nuclear holocaust. And he's in a vault or something and he survives. And he's got this big stack of books and all the time in the world to read them. And then he breaks his glasses. No, I'm not going to say spoiler alert. That episode's over 60 years old. I can just imagine someone saying, Oh man, I've had that episode on my TiVo for 15 years. And I was saving it for the apocalypse. Sorry. Talk to you next week. This has been a Thought from Troy. Are you on Facebook? Okay, sounds like you are. Make the experience more enjoyable by joining the Facebook group Jeff Lynn's Blue World. Not only can you post anything even slightly tangentially related to ELO without some tin-plated nerd with delusions of godhood blocking, deleting, or removing you, but you can win sh- ELO calendars, ties, even tickets to Xanadu. Ah, oh, crap! Uh, not the movie, the play. Woohoo! Jeff Lynn's Blue World. I thank God that dream came true. Great moments in electric light orchestra history. You know, I don't actually read music at all, so I don't, it all looks like, what? You know, I don't understand it. I still don't. I've tried, and I look and they say, this is the timing, that big white lump is like a long one, <laughs> and that little blacker is a real quick one, so don't worry about it, just do what it says. And, um, I've had no idea what it said. It was like learning algebra or something, you know. And I just thought, nah, I don't think I'm going to bother with that. And uh, so I just carried on doing it by ear, and it served me really well, <laughs> luckily. As Bruce and Julie see the briefcase with his project burning in the building fire, he takes out his government ID and tosses it into the flames. After walking out of the building, Julie says, Why don't you write a concept album about all you've just been through? Bruce gives the idea some thought. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? I did like the song and I danced to it like always. Wow, she liked it! Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 105, When Time Stood Still. <laughs> <laughs>